This is the Teacher Mindset Coach Podcast, episode number 31. Hey, teachers, welcome to the podcast where we do the hard work to uplevel ourselves and have fun along the way. I'm your host, Ashley Wolf, and I'm here to help you rock your world with mindset stories, strategies, and skills that you've probably never been taught before. Let's do the damn thing. Happy state testing week. If you are a teacher in Texas, (laughs) you probably know what's coming up, what's coming our way this week. Star testing, state of Texas or whatever, academic assessment of readiness and reading. You know I'm making this shit up because the acronym itself just is sometimes just such gobbledygook and I just don't trust or believe in it anymore. Um, so today, instead of like the heaviness of, you know, state testing and um, what can teachers do to get their students better prepared. I am offering some hilarious testing stories just from my own personal experience of being a, an individual who, when I reflect back on to my track record of my attitude towards state testing, I'm just one of those um, individuals, I think, who really just didn't give a shit. <laughs> about uh, state testing and until I was like, uh, or even just assessments and or um, licensing exams, certification exams, until I was a damn adult, okay? And I think this is, there's something to be said about that. I reflect a lot on the, um, you know, the developmental appropriateness of testing in general, especially since I'm in the elementary world and I'm watching these babes who have been on the earth for mostly, you know, less than 12 years. Some of them are like just turned four and we're testing them. And I don't mean we like teachers. I mean, we, the public education institution, uh, the system, the bureaucracy. So I'm not getting on my soapbox today. I didn't bring it with me. But I instead wanted to just offer some really funny stories that are plucked from my past that I hope that you either roll your eyes or shake your head or laugh along with me (laughs) as I reveal some of the um, stories that I have had and experiences that I've had growing up in the state of Texas with the standardized testing that is, you know, in public schools. So before I start, I did a very interesting search of the history of state testing in the state of Texas, and I learned that it started in uh, 1978, so that was just uh, eight short years before I started school in kindergarten, and it was, you know, developed and eventually it became, you know, this whole thing where it is like an industry, an institution, it's part of public education. There's no getting uh, away from it necessarily. And it's it's just, it was very interesting because I went onto Google to search for a easy to see data chart, yeah, right, of standardized test scores in the state of Texas since the beginning 
what I wanted to see was, because my curious question was, how, (laughs) what has been the improvement in student scores since state testing has been, you know, a thing? And of course, it kind of begs the question of, well, what was the success rate? What was the graduation rate of students in the public schools of Texas before standardized testing? Is that data available? I didn't search for that, but I just wanted to see. I started getting tired of looking at these effing reports about um, passing rate and uh, retained students versus promoted students. And even though like that data kind of I knew how to read it. I was just getting really, it almost felt like a waste of time. So anyways, I went back to my old default of let's think of funny shit. And I want to share that with you because I think part of my mindset is let's give a little bit more room for the funniness, for the lightheartedness of life, for the faith and the trust and the belief that really we're we're all going to be okay. It's all going to be fine. We can not only see a silver lining, but we can see the light, period. And I think that if we can learn how to redirect our brains to that part of life, we can be less fearful that we're all circling the drain. (laughs) So my history with state testing, it all starts in fourth grade. I don't know what year it was, 19... 91, 1990. Me and my best friend, Amanda, we were marching in a long silent line to the cafeteria of our school in Houston, where the, all of the cafeteria tables were set up totally empty. All the little circle stools that are attached, you know what I'm talking about. I think they were avocado green and like burnt orange back in that, those days. And uh, me and my friend Amanda knew that we were heading into the cafeteria to take a test. We had been briefed the morning before by our fourth grade teacher. And we were like, oh, okay, what? And in the line, or at some point, I had turned to Amanda, or she had told me, or I had told her, hey, you know, the kids that score really well on this test are going to be shipped off to another school that we and we don't know where it is. She and I, in our fourth grade imaginations, had discovered the truth that we were going to get shipped off to another school if we pass this test. So, you know, the first thing we had to do was make a secret pact that we would try our worst. <laughs> I mean, I am, I remember this so vividly. So she and I were like, yeah, like looking at each other, like we knew the the deal, like we knew what the adults were up to and we would put a stop to it and we would help each other and we would have each other's backs. So the, um, the only question that I remember from that test, and yes, I am about to divulge a top secret test question, was a test on parallel or perpendicular lines. It had a box with two lines that were obviously about to intersect 
outside of this box that you couldn't see. And it was asking like, are these lines parallel? Are they perpendicular? And I, you know, I didn't know the answer. And I just said, yep, they're parallel. So I was just like, thinking back to this whole idea of like students imaginations. And I was like, Oh, my goodness, like what secret stories are going around the little tribes in our classrooms about the, uh, the, the state test about the district tests about a weekly test that is that a teacher gives because we know that the way humans are, you know, they buzz around and they talk to each other and they're trying to find the truth. And it really is a survival mechanism that the human brain is so lovingly graced with is this need to survive, find factual information. And, you know, in the name of like, continuing on with our life, we have to be in with the the low down and dirty information, and we have to know what to do. So it's just so funny to think back to my fourth grade self of being this person who was like, yeah, I don't want to be shipped off to another school, aka, I don't want to be separated from my people, my my group. And so I'm going to botch this test, I'm going to I'm going to really just do badly on purpose. And that probably also was my brain's way of telling me, if you don't know an answer, it's totally okay. You don't have to feel bad because you don't want to do good on this test anyway. So the human imagination is so interesting in that way of like reasoning and making not excuses, but you know, a fourth grader in their imagination, um, almost like avoiding the stress of a state test with a reason of, well, if I do really good, I'm going to get shipped off. So that's story number one. Fast forward to eighth grade, a family friend of mine was um, babysitting me. And she was a college student at the University of Houston. And she um, was taking a trigonometry class. And for whatever reason, I was with her that evening. And um, I went with her to her trigonometry class at U of H. We sat down and she was like, all right, you just have to be really quiet because we've got a, we've got a end of a end of semester exam. And this was a trigonometry class. So I walk in with her. I'm an eighth grader. So like, I was as tall then as I am today. And I didn't look like an adult, like looking back at my own pictures. I was not adult like I didn't look like a college student. But when I sat down, I got handed a test. I got handed a packet of paper and I knew I'd be there for a while. So uh, I asked for a pencil (laughs) and I started taking this trigonometry test. And I remember, you know, being utterly confused. I was looking for plus signs and minus signs, maybe the occasional multiplier divide. But I was, I mean, just not even sure what I was doing. And The interesting thing that I know about students who guess, because it wasn't 100% like show your work, it was like multiple choice and show your work. I probably, you know, I probably got a 20 or 30 on that test. Like I didn't get a zero. But that's just the nature of multiple choice tests. Like you can completely guess and still not get a zero. So I tried, you know, I tried my best. I was starting to make up shit at the end. And I was always starting to write these little comments in 
the um, the test packet like, well, I really wouldn't know. I'm just an eighth grader. And it was just so funny because the whole time the professors were like looking at me, like wondering who I was. And um, when I handed in my test, they asked, they were like, are you a student here? And I said, no, I'm just hanging out with my my friend. She's babysitting me. And then they were like, well, why'd you take the test? And it's like, why, why do you care? I was quiet the whole time. I didn't cause a single problem. And it kind of goes back to this idea that I have about, you know, college uh, professors being so confused on who's in their classroom at any given moment, kind of, you know, sheds some light possibly on the relationship that is lacking between two people, a college professor and a college student. Um, just an interesting thing. No, nothing like accusatory, just, just an interesting observation from, you know, the end of semester. So these students have been in this college class for months now. And here I show up on the day of the final exam (laughs) as an eighth grader, (laughs) being so bold as to like write my name and, you know, put my number from my eighth grade class and, and all of that and take this trigonometry test. Just so funny. The following year was my ninth grade year. And uh, I failed the math uh, toss test. It was the Texas Assessment of Academic Skills. And I failed that one on the first try. Um, and they had these retakes that were happening uh, on the day of one of our huge pep rallies. And I could not set aside time to study for my math retake. I had to set aside time for getting into my cute little farmer outfit with my overalls and my pigtails and my blacked out front teeth and my little freckles that I put on with eyeliner. So whenever I was walking to my class, one of the teachers snagged me in the hallway and she goes, are you Ashley Ammons? And I was like, yeah. And she goes, you're needed in the cafeteria because we're doing the math um, retakes for the toss test. And I was like, what? She goes, you failed the math toss. You need to come in here and retake this test. And so <laughs> I was like, oh, well, that's news to me. And I uh, walked in there, sat down on my little circle stool connected to the cafeteria table and uh was you know just looking out on this sea of people looking up at me walking in late (laughs) and if you know me personally that is no surprise right there um and I took this math toss test and I, I was my mindset at that time was like holy shit I didn't even know that I um that I failed and I uh need to probably do pretty good on this. And I did. So um, that was kind of fun. And I just remember also being of this attitude of like, this flippant, like, I wasn't saying this test doesn't define me. I wasn't saying that. But it's almost like that was just my mindset. Like I didn't fixate on doing well on these tests. And that, I mean, several of these examples shows that. So my senior year, my SAT prep course that my parents paid $350 for, I had to go on the weekends leading up to the start to the SAT. And, um, I'm, you know, they, they guarantee your results if you show up a hundred percent of the time to the little workshops. So I show up half the time. They give me this huge binder of stuff that I've got to learn. I've got to study. 
And I'm immediately turned off. Right. This is my senior year. And it's like, yeah, these SAT prep courses are for the kids that probably didn't study very well to begin with. So why are we why are we going to be all of a sudden after paying $350 changing our attitudes and changing our study habits just to get a, you know, score on a standardized test to get us into college? And to, I guess it goes back to how important is college to that senior in high school or to that high school student. Um, I, you know, I, I remembered a few of the test taking strategies, the ones that were really like tricky, like teaching you a trickery, a trickery skill, like answer a test question without even knowing the, the uh, question stem, like the beginning of the question just looking at the answer choices, you can figure out which is the answer. That's the kind of stuff that I was interested in because I was like, oh, we're, we're fooling the man. And so that's kind of what got me going with that um, SAT prep course. And when I took my SAT, I probably got barely enough just to get into the school that I wanted to get into, which was at the time Southwest Texas in San Marcos. So Fast forward to my post-college and my early adulthood is when I really started believing that I was just really good at taking tests and figuring out correct answers. And I actually loved taking tests. It was like a game for me. I turned it into a game, something that I enjoyed. My, my focus shifted to learning on topics that I was highly interested in. And this translates to an enriched adult life where my certificates and my licenses that I have currently, they connect directly to my interests. And like I have certifications aplenty, but it's, it's fun for me. Just like you might have a collection of something that is, you know, out of the ordinary of what most people have. And it's fun for you. Like the brain loves collections. Apparently I love collections of certifications and licenses. Got my teacher certification, reading special specialist, ESL, librarian, realtor, and life coach. So much fun. So what testing stories do you have that simply take you back to the good old days or give you a healthy dose of laughter? I encourage you to remember, think back, reflect on yourself just in a lighthearted, fun way. Write it down. If you don't share it with me, share it with someone, especially during this week of star testing or maybe the state testing that's in your in your state happening now, <laughs> happening now to a school near you. Coming soon to a school near you. And just kind of, I don't know, I encourage you to just like have a laugh at this whole testing thing. When things get so effing serious and the fun and the joy of this life is just drained out of us, it's not because of the test itself. Please understand, this is the heart of my message to all of you. It's not because of the test itself, whether it be on pencil paper or on the computer with headphones, 
that does not have the power to sap our energy and lust for life. It's our thoughts about it that create our feelings. So if I have a thought about testing that it's like, well, you know, this is a part of public education. I've accepted that kids are going to pass. Kids are going to fail. Teachers are going to have kids that pass and fail. Like the, the 100% passing is kind of like a pipe dream of 100% happiness in, in a person's life. I kind of think to myself, why do we want 100% of kids to pass so that we don't have to feel the discomfort of failure? But what if the discomfort of failure is the way to long-term and sustainable success? Being able to persevere, having the grit, like those are two, you know, keywords in education today. But we have to understand that the state test, and you know this already, and I'm sure you're going to nod your head, it's not the end all and be all of everything for a student or for a teacher. So I encourage you to go back to those funny stories, those funny memories, those times that you can really enjoy and breathe into the lightheartedness of state testing. It's just pencil paper. It's just stuff on a screen. These kids are going to be fine. We have no idea what their future is. And they are more than the score. They are more than what their score will show up as in a few weeks. They are more than a pass and a fail. They are not a failure, even if their standardized test scores are below the passing rate. We can believe that as teachers because no one says what we're allowed to believe and what we're not allowed to believe. And so I encourage you to put your trust in the student themselves, the students themselves, put your belief in yourself as a teacher and let it ride. So happy state testing week, everybody. Have a laugh. Pat your kids on the back, wink and nod, and just let them know how much you believe in them no matter what. And have a wonderful week. Bye-bye. If you got something out of today's show, I invite you to subscribe so you never miss a future episode. I'd also love to see you in the Teacher Mindset Coach Facebook group so we can nerd out on mindset work as a community of badass teachers. And remember, you can always email me at coachwithwolf, W-O-L-F-E, at gmail.com. Now go be awesome. See you next time.